week's podcast. I'm this week's host, Eddie Webb, and with me are Matthew Dawkins. Hello. And Dixie Cochran. Hi. It's the week after in winter now, and it's weird because like I'm, I'm used to now suddenly seeing you guys in the room. <laughs> I've already become spoiled. <laughs> Who says I'm not there right now, Mr. Webb? <laughs> I'm oh, right no. behind you. <laughs> they came from beyond the grave. <laughs> From beyond the wardrobe door. <laughs> no, sadly, that, that, that is not the case. We are, we are back in our usual uh, recording setup. But, um, you know, I guess not to go on about Midwinter, but it was, it was really cool to see you guys again. It was nice to be in the same space again. It's always great. Yeah, it's always nice when we all get to hang out together. We get to play some Mario Kart. That was fun. It was, yeah. actually. Uh, that I, I lost very rarely, so it was a very odd experience. Uh, obviously, that's where my mind goes straight away. It's, ah, nice. midwinter. I was victorious at Mario Kart. Uh, no, it was... <laughs> It was lovely. It was lovely seeing uh, you both, the entire team, and our wider collection of freelancers and fans, those of whom who could make it. Uh, and yeah, uh, it's it's just lovely, and it's a bit sad that it only happens once a year. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So they got the con- post-convention blues, but <laughs> at the same time, I feel like we got a lot done in that in the course of that week. Yeah. Totally. And it was actually weirdly cool to sit in the uh, the Monarch Bar and actually play Mario Kart for an audience. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. Were... Like random people were walking up, like having conversations, and we we're like, "This is very important." Yes. <laughs> yeah. When, when the when the uh, server was coming up to uh, ask if we needed any drinks, and I was having to refrain from saying "fuck off" uh, because I <laughs> I was in the lead. Damn it. Could she not see? Uh, but no, we had we had a couple of people circling the table, watching our screens, commentating, saying, oh, you're doing very well. And I was thinking, yeah, yeah, I know. I know Eddie's doing very well. He just hit me with a banana. <laughs> that was, it was funny. I did, I did have a lot of people come up and say, oh, no, you're doing really well. You're really, really great. And it's just like, I, I appreciate your, your support enthusiasm for my traditional third place setting, but also I can't, I will keep losing if you keep interrupting me. Uh, I should have uh, should have set it up to just keep sending people your way. I, I will I will admit now that it is over. That at one point I did quietly turn my hearing aid off so I could not hear as much of that. Oh! <laughs> uh, I was expecting you to say I turned smart steering on. Oh no no no! I'm a cheat. Well, <laughs> he's not a cheat, but he will literally play with a handicap if it makes him uh, better. <laughs> Which is, you know, what they call it in bowling. <laughs> I, I will. Sp- I, I all week spent so I tried to convince you guys of the benefits of hearing loss. You know, it's not my fault. No, totally, totally, totally. I mean, use 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 that against us. <laughs> and we also uh, we also played Mario Kart with freelance writer David Fuller, who was mm-hmm. who very graciously came way at the bottom of the uh, <laughs> of the listings somewhere like eighth or ninth he may have got a little better than that but uh, but thanks for participating david it was a valiant showing but no competition for the trio of uh princess uh, donkey kong and koopaling <laughs> just just reduce my character rosalina to princess well, you've played different princesses over time, so I didn't want to pigeonhole you into being one, hence why I went for Koopaling instead of Iggy or Ludwig or whichever one I happen to be playing at the time. I just spent the whole time Matthew was talking trying to remember the really annoying Link quote from the animated Zelda TV show, where he like whines and says princess, but I forgot it. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's... Um, he excuse does... me, princess. Yeah, that's it. Excuse me, princess. No wonder she keeps taking sleeping drafts to get away from him. <laughs> also, at one point, uh, Neil took over for my my yes. Mario Karting, and I heard I did markedly worse. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was not as bad as we had been told he would do. But Matthew's played definitely... with him before, and he was not doing well that time. We we all played online once. 
No, I was expecting Neil to uh, to knock me to the floor because, of course, when I initially played with Neil and Dixie, my smart steering was on, which, for listeners, uh, prevents you from going over the edge of most tracks. But And that was a, a, a genuine error on my part. But uh, sure. since that time, I have turned it off, so I'm playing by the same rules as everyone else, and I still beat Neil. So, sorry, Neil, <laughs> you just suck. Wow! <laughs> Get better scrub. <laughs> I like how Matthew goes by the title gentleman and then is the rudest of all of us. <laughs> oh, oh no. Comes right down oh, there was so much trash talk that night, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, you were giving us good as you got. At one point when uh, 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 David Fuller actually had and managed to get halfway through the pack and Matthew was like, oh, David, nice of you to join the race. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> I genuinely didn't know who David was playing for at least two two of the races in our four race tournament. So when he finally overtook me, I was, oh, you're playing as Toad. I didn't, didn't actually know that. You, you were way back there getting the bullet bills. Which sound, sounds like a euphemism for a bad stomach, doesn't it? Right. Always suffering from the bullet bills. Oh, no. Oh, no. And at one point, Neil and I were both playing Donkey Kong, which was also entertaining. We were arguing about who's the best Donkey Kong. Turns out I am the best Donkey Kong. <laughs> but who could tell, really? Trying to decide if the bullet bills or the squid inks would be the worst malady. The, oh, Ooh. well, the squid, the squid inks would be horrible, wouldn't they? Yeah. I think. Yeah. That one just gives you, like, immediately, you know what that is. Well, I'll, I'll think the bullet bills after you take some laxatives becomes the squid inks. <laughs> That, that's nice. Yeah, that's nice. That's transition there. I like it. Circle of life. <laughs> um, so something else we did at Midwinter, um, which has nothing to do with, with euphemism for poop, uh, is, um, <laughs> as, uh, as I mentioned in our last uh, episode, um, I had uh, Danielle and Ian at the convention as well. So I, I grabbed a uh, one of our the conference rooms that we used. It was just right before we did the uh, Q&A. And um, I got a chance to sit down with them. And we talked for quite a while about um, the Trinity Continuum as a whole. So we talked about, uh, Ian went through the history of the Trinity Continuum. Um, we talked about a little bit about the development of the core Trinity book and Aeon. Um, we talked a little bit about the Aberrant process. We, t- we, we talked about the upcoming Adventure and Assassin's books um, and the like. So I mean, it, was a ch- it was a nice chance kind of to, to go through the whole arc of past, present, and future for Trinity. So I mean, we haven't quite done it as a whole line like that. Uh, so let's go ahead and go right to our chat about Trinity. Okay, and uh, uh, we're here at Midwinter again. Um, Zeddy, uh, I'm here with uh, Danielle Azan. Hello. And uh, Ian A. Watson. Yo. Um, and uh, I've been wanting to do a Trinity roundtable for a while with you guys. It just happened to be that we're happy to be together at Midwinter, so it's like, let's get in a room and talk rather than mess with Skype and record it four times in a row. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was definitely uh, a lot of time recording. <laughs> um, Amazing. Uh, but now that uh, Trinity, Core, and Aeon are out, and we've announced some new stuff, that's a good time to kind of uh, talk just a bit about Trinity as a whole, and you two are definitely the best people to kind of chat with about. Sure. Um, so uh, I think my kind of start is, for those who aren't familiar, Ian, kind of recap. Uh, uh, the adventure it has taken to get to this point. Uh, the adventure. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> as we all point to a book that the nobody can see. see. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, going back to 2003-ish. Uh, so it's been a bit. Um, the Trinity Universe line had just about ended a couple of years prior, and there were still a few dangling plot threads and some books that had been announced but had been cancelled so I wanted to continue them unofficially, mm. do my own fan books uh, and that project never quite got finished we got got about halfway done mm. uh, the, the Trinity Storyteller's Handbook was the main thing we were working on mm-hmm. um, and that project turned uh, a couple of years later in 2004-2005 to me approaching uh, you and Rich, no, I don't think you were there at the no, time. No, it was just Rich at the time. It was yeah. just Rich at the time, um, about licensing the Trinity Universe mm-hmm. to actual, actually make official new books in a rebooted universe. 
because the uh, what was then called the New World of Darkness uh, had just come out, so I wanted to sort of do the same thing, but with Trinity. Right. Um, and Rich responded positively, but the situation changed with the CCP buyout, mm -hmm. so that was sort of shelled for a while, up until uh, 2011, when uh, the CCP had undergone the, the layoffs, then Rich said to me, I think I have a way to bring back the Trinity Universe. Do you want to send your proposal again? And that led to me being the new developer for the Trinity Continuum. Mm -hmm. And eight years later, we, <laughs> uh, we finally got the books out. So it's been a trip. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, a couple times you mentioned that, and some people were a little surprised at, at how long that took. But there's there's a lot of wrinkles in there, and to make sure I'm remembering this all correctly. Um, uh, first of all, Rich had to get his new company off the ground. Yes. Um, yes. And that, that took some time, and also was the sorting out the details of, of purchasing the property from the CCP White Wolf. Mm -hmm. um, and then it was, because uh, that came along with Scion, so Rich wanted to develop a new system that worked both, because both Trinity... The, the continuum and also Scion had scaling problems. Yes. Uh, Abbott had scaling problems. Mm -hmm. uh, to be gotten. Guy had scaling problems. So we wanted to develop a new system. And that took. Most specifically for mega attributes and epic attributes. Right. The system just broke when right. we got to those things. Which are different things that are not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. They were much closer originally than they are now. Right. Now, now they're almost completely separate. Right. right. You came on board during that development process, right? Uh, yeah, so for me, my journey on this whole thing started with uh, the story path system itself. Mm. By the time I got to it, it had been through several hands, mm. uh, as it were, of people essentially banging their heads on how do we make a new system that's familiar to the Onyx Path brand, but also completely different. Um, and, you know, Rich had a lot of specifications on what he wanted the system to look like. Right. And a lot of people were, you know, they'd pitch a thing and then Rich would be like, nah, it's not good enough. And then they'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, back to the drawing board. And, and so that kind of frustrated some people and people would fall off and new people would come on. And then those people would fall off and new people right. would come on. I think uh, there were four major iterations of the story path. Yeah, there were, there were several iterations yeah. of the system. Uh, eventually, Neil... Um, said, I think I know how to please you, Rich, and make this thing a thing. And mm -hmm. he was like, okay, give it your best shot. Um, and so Neil pulled a team together and, you know, we banged our heads on it until eventually we came through with something that looked, you know, halfway decent. Rich was like, yes, go for it. And then we wrote out uh, most of the parts of that and what it would look like in the different books. And then at that same time, uh, Ian had already started developing Trinity mm -hmm. as, you know, like, yeah, we're getting a system moving, so I'll go ahead and start this, you know, the story stuff and get that, and then we'll just drop the system into it, do the mechanics, and then, you know, we'll have a book. Problem was, is that when Ian started that, he had no idea how long it was going to take to make a system. Right. <laughs> <laughs> None so, of us did. Yeah. Right, nobody did. Uh, so I got contracted on uh, Trinity Continuum Core in 2013, mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't even one of the first people contracted. It, I was filling in for somebody else who had dropped off the book. Um, Neil had recommended me to Ian, and I, you know, I was doing it, but I was like, "We man, we don't have a system." <laughs> and, and then, you know, eventually we got the system and it was like, great, we've got the system, we can start working on it again. And I think that was around 2015, mm -hmm. um, so a good two years later. Yeah. Uh, and then it, you know, Neil knew the system, Neil, and I'm putting that in quotations, knew the system the best because he had developed it. Right. But a bunch of us worked on it and knew the system. Right. Um, and so... Ian got all the parts of Trinity together except for the mechanics. He was like, Neil, I need you to drop these mechanics in. And Neil just didn't have the time because he had started on Scion development and was developing two books simultaneously, The Nerd. Right. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, hey, I know the system. I could do it. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it took some talking and getting me, you know, kind of up to date on the rest of the stuff. And at that point, I was just like, all right, let's do this, which meant that I had to take our brain vomit, which was this is story path and say this is Trinity's story path, which right. was a lot of story path was originally designed because it was by Neil with the scion intent. And so it was missing some key factors that I felt were very important for 
a sci-fi bent game. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the differences between Scion and Trinity, you'll notice that uh, a lot of the differences come in the fiddlier bits. So mm-hmm. uh, Trinity has a lot more granularity to it than Scion does. Scion wants to be more um, freeform. Uh, oh, do whatever you want. Cast a miracle. Do you know? Make up mm-hmm. your own boon. Uh, and that doesn't work as well when you're trying to ask the questions of like, you know, we, you know, is it a laser pistol or is it a high-powered laser pistol? Right. Right. And like that matters. So you know, we there are some differences there, and you'll notice them in the the more granularity of the system. Everything else is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but that stuff needed to be done. So you know, I was like, cool. I'm just gonna have somebody write the system for Trinity. I did that and then and then Neil looked at it and was like, oh man, your mechanics look better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know, pouty voice. Right. And so that if you know, if you're familiar with both their like both of these books developments, like game lines, even though they were developed very separately, um, you know, Cyan stalled for a moment while Neil went and took my mechanics and rewrote <laughs> them into Cyan. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so after that, you know, we did the Kickstarter and things moved very quickly from there because we were done. Mm. You know, we were just needed some errata and moving forward. So, um, and now here we are. So Yeah, absolutely. And, and I know like, um, uh, I came on like right around the time you guys had formally kind of bifurcated yeah. uh, the, the system. Um, and so I was asked to kind of figure out what the, the commonality of Story Path was to make sure that other Story Path games had a central base from. Right. Um, and I remember early on we decided that Trinity was going to be kind of... Trinity is not vanilla Story Path, but vanilla Story Path is the closest to Trinity. Yes, right? yes. Um, because we figured that was the one that had the most flexibility, it had the nice grounding, and then Scion basically adds Epic onto that, adds yes. the flexibility onto that. They came to be the sea, pulls a lot away from mm-hmm. that. Uh, dystopia rising adds a grittiness to mm-hmm. that. So basically, you can see the, the, the bones of all the Star Path games kind of inside of Trinity. And I think yeah. that makes sense because um, Scion and Dystopia Rising, they're all sort of distinct settings in and of themselves. Right. Whereas the Trinity Continuum, it's a lot. Yes. It's, yeah, it it's like six different games in one game. Yeah, yeah it really is. And actually, that, that goes to the point is, um, when we talk about this in a sh- like in a, in a convention or online in a short form, it's some form of these three games you saw before. The second editions of those games, the second edition of Anarchy, second edition of Adventure, which is probably the second edition of Aberrant. Um, uh, but a that's not quite true because we were writing, and I think we'll talk about that more in the sentence. But also, the core rulebook is itself a setting that's completely brand new. Yes. Yes. Um, how far back was that setting visualized? That goes back to um, when I was conceiving the the rebooted version of the setting back in 2004-2005. Oh, so it goes all back to the beginning. Yes, because the New World of Darkness had you know the World of Darkness core rulebook, right. and then it had, if you want to play Vampire, here's the Vampire book. If you want to play Werewolf, here's the Werewolf book. Mm-hmm. So what I had conceived was, here is the Trinity Universe book, mm-hmm. or at the time I, I think I was calling it to sort of reflect World of Darkness, I was calling it Ages of Inspiration. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which, it's still a name that I like and I want to reuse it somewhere. Sure, yeah. Um, So there was going to be a core Ages of Inspiration book, and then there was a book for Scion, and just like Vampire had New Orleans as its default setting, Scion's default setting would be the 2120s. Then there would be the Nova book, Mm -hmm. and its default setting would be 2008 or 2028, whichever. So... Uh, it's still different than what we ended up with, mm-hmm. um, but just the core, like the root of having that one single core rulebook from which everything else came, mm-hmm. goes all the way back 15 years. Okay. And so, um, what was the process like for developing that? Because again, you're, you're making a, a brand new material, but you're material that slides into the spaces between existing games. What was that design process like, both from a rules perspective and from a, um, a setting perspective? Well, I, there was no real, um, like, a, a modern-day setting. Aberrant right. was the closest thing, and that's set 10 years in the future, and it's got superheroes. Right. Uh, I wanted something very familiar, which is the modern day, and I wanted something that fit in with the rest of the Trinity universe. So, stripping it the supernatural, trying to fit in with the rest of the stuff, it was natural to go with... Um, 
an action adventure sort of thing, which mm. is basically modern pulp. So uh, it made sense to use Adventures Daredevils, except a modern version of them. Okay. So uh, a lot of it just came together fairly naturally. Uh, the only question was, hey, should I put the Daredevils in the core rules or wait until adventure? Mm-hmm. And we stuck them in the core rules because it's fun. Right. Yeah. I, I honestly think sticking them in the core rules was a genius decision yeah. because it means that the core rulebook is a playable game all on its own with special characters and... and you know, you don't want to, you, you know, if you look at the World of Darkness core it, in comparison, mm-hmm. right, you can play mortals and there's totally full rules for playing mortals right. and investigating and whopping around. Do. But what do mortals do, right? There's no drive, there's no motivation to be a mortal. And the moment you have a splat book, you're like, man, those guys are way cooler. Why would I ever play a mortal? Right. But with putting talents in the Trinity core, essentially they're cool guys and they have motivations. And so it's like, oh man. I would play a talent in an aberrant game. Right. Like, <laughs> and because it's the core rulebook, if you're playing aberrant, you do have the rules for playing talents right at the core. Right, right exactly. Uh, um, and also, uh, one thing I saw when I was looking at talents is that you're right, is that the, 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 the core of the Daredevils um, being updated, it's so easy to play so many action films right out the gate. Yep. It's like you can play Jason Bourne, you can play James Bond, you can play um, any kind of Michael Bay film very, very quickly. Yep. And, and it's, it's, it was, it was a, a, a way to kind of reframe existing concepts in a way that made so much sense and also gives people a chance to go, oh, I can play, like you said before, like the different organizations are, oh, I can play Charlie's Angels because this organization is just like that. I can play, mm-hmm. you know, um, X-Files or whatever um, just by looking at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, so, um, a lot of people have had a lot of praise for the core rulebook, and whenever possible, I try to remind people like it's not just the rules you need to play the actual games you want to play. It is inherently a really cool, really exciting setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure we talk about that. But I think the other thing that we're talking about is is Aeon. Um, uh, uh, that that was a similar timeline. And if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, John's needed developer, that was a situation. They were waiting for the rules to show up before yep. it could really move forward. But I think they did some initial work on it. They did. They had most of the, the setting, every, all the setting was done, and most of the rules were actually done. Uh, they just needed to be changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I mean, <laughs> we went through a development process with like the psi powers, um, like modes and all this kind of right. stuff. Uh, you know, the original iteration of them looked a lot like Mage Awakening Roads. Okay. Um, <laughs> like a lot, lot. Right. Um, and, you know, there there's some problems with that. And mm. n- not inherently like those are bad rules, but just there were some problems yeah, it wasn't with working. that. It, it was setting right. Yeah. Right. It wasn't hitting the setting right. And it was also, you know, scions are cool and they're really powerful, but they are not that powerful and it was also well and it was also not keeping with story path rules you know uh story path really you know you have a certain number on your attribute you have a certain number on your skill and not a whole lot of things add dice to your role instead they add enhancement Mm -hmm. or they add scale Mm-hmm. Right. Those are the two ways to get better at something. Mm-hmm. You know, your role has more enhancement or your role has some scale. And uh, there was a lot of like increase your attribute a bunch or increase mm-hmm. your skill a bunch, which just would just add dice to the role. And that breaks the system. That is not how the system is supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had to say, you know, these are cool and they sound awesome, but also I need these to instead do one of these other two things that we're supposed to be doing with this system. Mm-hmm. Please you know, do that thing. Mm-hmm. But that was also a, you know, these rules were being kind of simultaneously made is the moment the story path system was live, essentially John was like, cool, I'm getting the, the rules down. And he had already had all, or they had already had all the setting done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, all we have to do now is the rules. And so it was, kind of a process of we were all learning the story path system at the same time right um and you know figuring that out together <laughs> right and i think something uh, when we talk about uh because uh, some people have mentioned that uh signs of wild get out and trees of wild get out and i think one piece to realize is that there are two actually three different teams i think it's fair to say Scion team the the trinity team and the aeon team yeah um, and anytime someone saw a flaw in the, the system, all three teams had to adapt to that yep. change. And mm-hmm. that was happening pretty late in the process. I remember like uh, I was reaching out to people say, hey, by the way, um, 
the way the, the um, uh, a wound or the, the injuries are listed, uh, they still have the classic kind of minus one, minus two, minus four, and it's like, but they're actually adding complications. complications. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so there should be pluses, and it's like, oh crap, I'm gonna go through and break all those out, yeah. even late. So I mean, it's one thing to develop these books when you have an established system that you yeah. know what it needs to do, and just modifying pieces of it. When something, you know, changed defense at a pretty late stage, yeah, we did. and that had, that meant a lot of rework to a lot of manuscripts kind of simultaneously. Yeah. Um, and uh, also on top of that, um, uh, we had Dick Avery to see Matthews to work in his own little branch of yep. story path, um, which wasn't as effective. Um, and I was holding off on Stubby Rising for a bit yep. until it was solidified. Um, so it, it's a very complicated process to kind of go through all of that. Um, so it's fascinating to hear that Aeon wasn't really that impacted by those changes. And it's also impressive because there's the additional layer of difficulty where well, if between Trinity and Scion's teams, if, say, we want to set our default scale at 1 and they want to set their default at 0, mm-hmm. we can do that because we're different teams. Right? Yep. But Aeon had to rely on what we were doing on the core. Yes. Right? So they couldn't make their own decisions separate from us, so in a way they had to rely on the changes we were making to know what they were going right. to do. Which right. meant that any time a Trinity change came up, well, you had to collaborate to a certain degree with John to make sure they were on board with that change. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I, Whereas I, they would just make a change. Right, yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely was kind of system development simultaneously between, you know, Aeon and, and Trinity Core. Um, <clears throat> and it was, yeah, there was a lot of like, hey, hey, John, uh, so I made this change, you gotta fix it in your book. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I, like yeah, I just, yeah, I just shoot an email and be like, I changed defense, fix it. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, one of the good things about Aeon is, you know, if you look at the book, it's, you know, it's a big honking book mm-hmm. uh, compared to the core. Um, but one of the things that it does, which actually made this a lot easier, is it doesn't uh, reprint any of the core book's rules. Right. So it just, you know, if it, if it talks about hitting the defense and we talked about how that works in the core, like he doesn't actually talk about how that works in right. Aeon. So he... We don't, so he didn't actually have to worry about it. I'd be like, I changed that. And he's like, well, I don't, I mean, I referenced the page number in the core. So cool, you you changed it. Right, <laughs> right. And so it just came down to like, you know, they had to worry about things like space travel. And right, space travel and, 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 and the psi powers. That right. That's the biggest thing is, you know, making sure that the psi powers use the subsystems correctly and, and made any of the changes that we made, you know, as far as scale goes or and enhancement. And if there's any NPC write-ups, yes. they have to reflect yeah, all the, the changes in the stats. Yeah, NPC write-ups is sad. Yes. <laughs> that's a lot my fault. But. Yeah, yeah, that, that, again, that was a very, very late change that we didn't quite catch all the way around. Yeah. Like, frankly, people should be thankful that it, it comes together as nicely as it does. Yeah. yeah. Given um, yeah, really, it, it, it was, it's it was mad chaos. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, which actually leads us kind of into Aberrant, um, uh, and that was another interesting project for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> Danielle is silent screaming right now um, because um, uh, uh, Rich knew like, early on in your pitch, I think he was approaching Steve Kenson about writing on it. Yes. So Steve had been in the blocks for at least five years. Steve was one of our first picks going back to almost as soon as I came on board. Mm-hmm. Um, like we had started development on the core rulebook, and we started talking about who we wanted for later books. Right. And Steve was one of the first names, and I don't think we even had a second name. Yeah, right. It's a close to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Please uh, say yes. <laughs> so number one pick Steve. Number two pick Steve. <laughs> number three pick. Actually, what, what actually really happened was number one pick was Steve, number two pick was Steve if somebody else picks up some of the duties he doesn't want to do, which is what actually happens. Right. Um, uh, we tried something new on this project. We've had co-developers before, but um, with, uh, with uh, Steve basically you know, he wanted to really focus on, on the writing book um, and managing the writing team. Uh, he was going to deal with uh, the, the production side of things, you know, like the filing contracts, negotiating with people, and making sure stuff's taking on time and setting deadlines and all that stuff, but handling editors. Um, and so we decided that we actually broke up into a three-dev team with respect for responsibilities. And so he was the writer, uh, Ian was basically the creative lead for, or the content lead for it, um, and I was the producing uh, developer. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of my job was to make things go. Um, it was a triumvirate of developers. It, it was. A trinity, if you will. It, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, which we, made, we broke pretty late later on because um, as we were doing playtesting, uh, I think because Aberrant being a superhero game is going to be the most complicated version of, mm-hmm. of, of Story Path. Yes. It has to cover so many different things. 
Um, this this is story paths exalted. Right. Yeah. And I was giving Steve like .98 versions of story path to work from, but there was a lot of last minute changes. And at a certain point in time, I, I just said, you know, we just need to bring Danielle on and help us with this. Mm-hmm. And Danielle was like, cool. This eighty percent is great, and this twenty percent needs to be thrown out and started. Yeah. <laughs> But it was a good call. I mean, in yeah. retrospect, it was a really good call to do that. Yeah. Um, but that meant that there was uh, it was a slower process again, partially because it was a cooling system. I like to call it. It's like you know, the system was not completely finalized. Yeah. And so you were noticing things like, hey, as you guys are writing, I made some decisions over on Trinity that this now needs to reflect. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because Aberrant was being written while we were doing that mad dash to get Trinity out the door. Um, you know, Aberrant missed some of those updates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and Aberrant was you know there was some some things that. You know, I could see the the desire to do, and you know, I I feel like are bad decisions. Um, and so, you know, in the end, it doesn't matter what they were. But you know, it came to the fore at the Kickstarter that even though I understood how scale works perfectly fine in my head, and I thought that. The manuscript explained it perfectly well. Right. It was a hot mess of misunderstanding. <laughs> and, you know, and, and it's so hard to know because it's like, well, I know how I want it to work and I typed it out and it reads the way I think it should. And then other people read it and they're like, I don't understand this. And I really need other people to read it to tell you, to, un- to know that, like, no, it's not one person just can't read and has reading comprehension problems. It's literally nobody understands what you said. Right. And it's like, well, back to the drawing board. Because, <laughs> you know, I-, I just, how do you, you know, how do I actually get what's in my head and how I think it should work into a, a form that everybody who reads it goes, oh, I get it. Right. And also, <clears throat> you're finding that there were some design assumptions that were made eight years ago yes. that no one had to check into where the stage. For example, as I mentioned early on, that like, even though Aeon references aberrants, they were not going to be identical mechanically to Novas in yes. or in uh, aberrant, um, and their you know talents are not going to be identical to Daredevils. Right. Um, each game is going to heavily use that book's rules to emulate what those other things are going to look like. Right. And there's historical precedent for that. Right. Like, if you look at say. Vampire the Masquerade, and you look at the back of the book on how to make a werewolf, those werewolves use disciplines. Right. Right. And so, um, the average example is like, we have both uh, uh, John Sneak and Sarah, like, hey, these aberrants don't look like, or these nose will look the aberrants I had worked on in Aeon, and also the aberrant manuscripts had not addressed how to emulate Scions with enough depth. Right. Um, and so, and, and a lot of assumptions, oh, cool, I'll just use those rules and just plug right in. It's like, that's not. Exactly how it works. You can do that, certainly. But we want to make sure that that was our requirements. Um, right. And so we had to make sure that it's, we had, we had put in a lot more, and that was a very like thing. I think we all kind of missed until the Kickstarter was like, oh, we really put in a much more robust thing about here's how to, in more in depth, emulate science. How to, because t- talents is one thing we don't have to worry about, because they're in the core book. Right. Talents always be true for the core book, and you always have talents as the constant throughout every yes. setting. Yes. Um, but the other ones, we do have to kind of say, you know, if you don't have, you don't want to, have to buy the 350 page Aeon book just to play Professor X, you know, right. be able to do that in the game. Um, so, and that was like, again, science decision was made a long time ago that no one had to check again until this moment. It's like, oh, right, we have to talk about that. Right. Um, so, again, there was a bit of a lull on the Abram because we had to, okay, what do we talk about? How do we do that? And, and, and nothing changed so much as the teams hadn't been completely briefed because it was still a mad dash. Yeah. Um, but luckily, now that we're moving on to adventure, um, I think we're actually for the first time, actually in a really good state about that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the last of the three, mm. you know, Trinity, mm. and so, of course, it's going to have the most, you know, we've already learned all of the hard lessons. Right. Um, so now we're just, you know, the devils in the details. Um, you know, I think, it, you know, talking about adventure, um, you know, when you talk about, like, uh, you know, we already have talents, they're daredevils. The so daredevils will look a little different in adventure, but, you know, they're going to look a lot like talents because that's what talents are, right? right? They're just going to look... people already have the rules for talents. And, yeah, yeah, I don't need to reinvent the wheel here, just mm-hmm. change a few things. And so, you know... Some error appropriate. Right. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, um, 
you know, <laughs> there's like gifts that reference like communication devices, cell phones and stuff. Like, like clearly we're not using that in the thirties. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's some of that, but otherwise, you know, we, you already have the rules for that group. And so we just need to do, you know, the stalwarts and the mesmers um, as, as the most robust character, you know, picks. But we do need to think about, you know, things like how do we make sure that like the setting thing that like mesmerists are essentially proto scions and, mm -hmm. you know, stalwarts are essentially proto novas, but the rules for science and the rules for novas have already been written. Right. So I, you know, instead of starting there and then those rules being written later, I get to crib from things that have already been written. Right. And at the same time, you know, we don't want to fill adventure up with like, okay, here's a hundred pages from Aeon and a hundred pages. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not at all. You went to a much larger take. And I remember this guy, we have we have a Slack where we talk about this as a team. And one of the sessions that I thought was really important to have with the team is is I think you mentioned he's like People should see the lineage there, mm -hmm. but it's not like you said a plug and play. It's right. like you know, oh, yeah. this feels like a Nova character, right? But right. it's not identically a Nova character. Yeah, I have yeah. one. Of, one of my authors brought this up as a question, which you know I think is a very good question, but one that we were like, yeah, no, um, <laughs> right? But the question was, was like, do we want to make the adventure characters something where like, okay, well you're playing a stalwart, and then you're going to upgrade your stalwart to a Nova, mm. and I'm like, no. That's not what you're going to do. No. You're just going to go to the Aberrant book and make a Nova. Okay. Like you're not going to, we're not going to set down ground rules and adventure on how to upgrade to an right. Aberrant, like into a Nova. You're not like going to set with, down. with a stretch goal or something. Yeah. We might see like, okay, here's conversion rules to turn right. one yeah. into another. But as it is. I would expect someone with a stalwart to sort of recreate their character with Aberrant rules. Right, exactly. And, you know, part of that is that we can't, we don't have the space for that kind of thing just because because of how difficult it is. You know, we only have so much space. We need to set down the setting for the game that we're playing. Right. And I don't want to have to also set down the setting for the game books you may not own. <laughs> So exactly. Um, uh, so I mean, yeah, uh, there, there comes an interesting uh, uh, design thing of um, you want to get rules that uh, are appropriate to each setting. You want to make sure that while they're still using the, the same Trinity base, mm -hmm. um, that they're, they're, that the developer for each of those settings can make the best rules decisions they need for their book in moderate isolation. Yeah, um, it's kind of a. a from a design perspective, it's somewhere in the middle ground between Roll of Darkness, where basically it didn't matter what the other books did, yeah. and Chronicles Darkness, which is relatively tightly woven in yep. terms of design. We're kind of in that middle ground of it's like, we want to make sure there's a nod to it and it feels familiar, but at the same time, like you said, stalwarts need to do their own thing in adventure, and, and the player playing that goes, okay, when I step back, the kinds of actions I'm doing are evocative of aberrant, but it is not identical to aberrant. If I can draw a line to another product, which we recently announced. Sure. Uh, Exalted Essence is going yeah. to be yeah. uh, a slimmed-down version of the Exalted Rules, mm -hmm. which is intended to sort of share a common rule set, but still be able to let you play solars or lunars or sidereals, right. 10 different exalts types. But it's not going to use the full rule system for any of those exalts. Right, right. That is a, a perfect example. That's something I think it's a cool design space for us to, design space for us to play in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, uh, in a similar vein, um, although we haven't, I haven't signed details yet, uh, for the, uh, the wrestling source book for Aberrant, um, I'm designing a mini game where you can play character. You don't need your full Nova set to drop kick somebody in the ring. It's got to be a much more sense. So the idea is that we're going to make a wrestling character sheet, a much more slimmed down version of that. And again, it's, it's going to distill the average experience in something that's appropriate to a wrestling experience. And something that's more fun as a wrestling combat game. Mm -hmm. um, I need to make decisions in that that make that game inherently fun. And that it can't be as beholden to what Aberrant's going to do. So to be able to like, hey, hey, convert your Aberrant character into your wrestling persona. Uh, that then does a thing in the rain. <laughs> right. Thing in the rain. Thing in the rain. <laughs> well, I'm done here. <laughs> <laughs> We're done. Thing yeah. in the rain is the heavyweight uh, championship. Yes. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> World champion. Thing in the rain. Uh, but now we talk about the three kind of uh, we call it ten poles, which were the original ones that, um, again, um, aren't second. Actually, we forgot to mention that part. Um, so all of these are reinterpretations. Uh, uh, I think, and I think has probably the least 
uh, changes from first edition? I think yeah, so, there yeah. are a few changes. For example, uh, originally um, the Yupeo Macho, the teleporter disappearance, mm. that tied directly to the Esperanza crash. Mm -hmm. But now there's are sort of decoupled. They're two separate incidents. Yeah. Uh, but by and large, the setting is pretty much like it would be extremely familiar to anyone who read the original. Right, mi very mild updates. Yes. Um, Aberrant is probably the, the most aggressive because it's like, the original game was set in the far future year of 2008. Yep. Um, so... <laughs> far future. <laughs> right. Back when cable television would dominate the world. <laughs> so, um, obviously that was much more of a reimagining. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's take core elements of it, um, and also I remember we talked explicitly about changing key beats like the Fireman um, and Slider's Death and inverting those mm -hmm. uh, to, to give it very specific, but also to show people this is not the same Aberrant you played before. Right. You see similar characters, you see familiar characters, but at the end of the day, they're doing new things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I, um, the, the big change that we're doing with Adventure, which yep. people might have noticed uh, in the press release that went up online, uh, not that I'm dating this, this <laughs> podcast. Right. Uh, Everyone does. <laughs> is uh, this time it's set in the 1930s. Right. The original edition was set in 1924 when the Aeon Society was just a year old. Mm -hmm. The new edition, uh, it's set in the 30s uh, after they've been around for 10 years. So they're a bit more of an established organization. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows a bit of a difference between adventure and aberrant. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Aberrant, when we moved the timeline up to 2028, we just sort of shifted every event forward 20 years. Right. Yeah. But in this case, uh, Adventure First Edition almost sort of like backstory. Yeah. It, it sort of happened 10 years ago, right. and now it's 10 years further on from that. Right. right. So it's almost a sequel. Almost, but <laughs> the backstory has changed yes. slightly, right. but. Uh, due to the nature of the continuum, yes. you can certainly use first edition as your, your backstory if you like. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I, I really love about the Trinity Continuum just conceptually is that if you really want to play Aberrant first edition background and second rules, there's nothing stopping you. In your version of the continuum, that's how the Aberrant timeline plays out. Right. Um, so you can use the source material relatively easily, and it's not that hard to kind of eyeball the conversion, as it were. Yeah. Um, and we're right in the middle of uh, the Crisis on Intimated Earths event on the, the Arrowverse right now. So right, I yeah. think this is... Exactly that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Um, and, and, but we're not... It's not like, say, uh, uh, Chronicles Darkness, where it's like, okay, we have to make a, a certain set of distinct changes or, or whatever. In this case, like, we can make a choice of like an app, but let's just more or less keep it. Adventure more or less works, I should say, you know? So let's keep a good chunk of adventure, update things a little bit, but yeah. otherwise pop it for four or ten years to give us some more fun and room right. to play with and add more things that we need to add. Mm -hmm. um, and then on top of that, um, because that continuum is flexible, we can also do things like the other thing we announced, which is uh, Trinity Assassins, um, which is a reinterpretation of that core rulebook setting mm -hmm. um, to be less overt and optimistic of these uh, organizations that are out there and open and trying to help people out to turn them into shadowy organizations that help the world out by murdering people. <laughs> in, in very stylish ways. <laughs> it yeah. Uh, I'm. I, I know you already talked about how that came about, mm -hmm. but um, I'm actually really excited about it. Although, I have to share this because I think it's funny. We spent a bunch of time uh, talking about like is assassins like just me and my husband, not right. like the team at no. all. <laughs> like is assassins like an okay name for a game? Right. Right. Like it's a, It's like. It's very blunt, mm, right? Yeah. It, it gets the point across. That's fine, but like, what if what if it was something else? It's also not one of the three main temples. So does it have to begin with an A? Maybe it could begin with a B. Mm, right. um, and then we just decided it begins with an A. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and you know, we came up with a bunch of ridiculous names. My favorite though is Switchblade. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And as, as Switchblade uh, is the, the queer vampire hunter, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and, and as has been pointed out, uh, it's a couple of instances now is that um, uh, Trinity Continuum uh, Aeon abbreviates to TC colon AE, and uh, <laughs> uh, Aberrant is TC colon AB, and Adventures TC colon AD, Assassins is TC colon AS. And, uh, but that's weird, so it's ASS. Yes. TCS. Yes. <laughs> 
So I'm okay with that. <laughs> Kids cannon done. Yep. <laughs> There's so much ass going on in this so game. Hope you're ready for it. Which is appropriate. <laughs> now, um, I in the original pitch document, I I did highlight. Uh, Assassins and say, you know, we need to come up with a better name. Right, and that's something we're still. I mean, assassins may not be the final name. Yeah, it may not be the final name, but also it's it is blunt and to the point. And right. you know, we have adventure. Adventure work is just fine. Right, exactly. It's an extremely generic name. It is very hard to Google this game. Like, <laughs> RPG adventure. Like, right. <laughs> adventure exclamation yeah. point. Um, so, like, I think if we do end up settling with assassins, it works. It's fine. Right. But yeah, there's some opportunity to explore. Yeah. Uh, but actually, that, that is something else. Is, is, um, uh, uh, we actually did make this, the, the branding decision uh, early on is that um, because of the switch way back in position from Aeon to Trinity, mm-hmm. because of MTV, yes. let's be honest. <laughs> um, that lawsuit's long on, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like how you're dancing around the subject, Eddie. It's <laughs> yeah, I try being vague. And, yeah. you know. MTV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, MTV? I don't know. Um, uh, but um, the original plan was all the houses begin with A, and, and we said we're going to keep that tradition, which means as we do more products, the core setting books are going to begin with A. Um, obviously, we have other setting uh, sources, like Aeon has uh, things like um, uh, Just the Worlds, obviously, begin with A, and mm-hmm. some of the other Aeon support books, they're, they're specifically not going to begin with A, right. um, which we turn, we found turns into some challenges, like we try and do an alien book, and a, starting with aliens, it's like, we can't do that because it's they, so... Alliances and organizations. <laughs> right, alliances and organizations, let's flip it around, then give her the title entirely anyway, because they're choice. I think the only one where we actually did that was Aeon Expansion. Right. Yeah. Well, because, well it has Aeon in the title, so... Right. Right, but also... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's punny. Right. Yes. And that's the thing, we, we can break our own rules because we can do that. Right. Um... Uh, so I mean, uh, we've got I, as I've got a lot going on. I mentioned like um, we have some aberrant stuff coming out, um, uh, which you're developing most of those, with the exception of the wrestling one. But. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I signed up for developing those, and then I wound up. I was like, yeah, I don't want to. I don't. I want to do all three. I'm not going to develop the jump start. And then Travis asked me to write it, <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm writing it. <laughs> You know, you can say no. Look, I'm hungry, okay? I've got to feed myself somehow. Those dogs don't feed themselves. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, um, well, this is one aberrant thing I can talk about right now. Um, uh, 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 but yeah, and so, I mean, we're going to do some more support. It's not going to be, there will be books I think we'll do, like Assassin's, we're still debating, but probably we just, we'll do that book. And that's probably yeah. 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 Um, so there'll be some settings where we just put the book out and go, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, the, at least for temples, definitely planning support for those, depending on right. how various Kickstarters and sales go. Right. Um, I am hoping that we'll have more than just adventure because that would be nice. I mm-hmm. hope yes. so. I, yeah. The original edition only got one book. Right. Uh, yeah. And one book again if you're counting the D20 version. Right. So it would be nice to finally be able to expand on that part of the world. Yeah. And, yeah. and get some some additional content out. And I think that uh, ten-year gap will help give us some room to do some expansion. Yeah, we'll absolutely. Have more to play with, honestly. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's going to be more coming out. Um, we can't talk about any of that stuff yet, obviously. But you know, we, we still have other. Uh, uh, in the Monday meeting notes right. that just got posted this week, um, uh, a new product appeared on it called Under Alien Skies. Right. Um, and that is going to be our book on because we already have Distant Worlds, which is a book about. Other worlds, other colonies. Right. So, under Alien Skies is specifically going to be about alien races. Right. And it is going to have rules for creating your own aliens, in addition to having some of the more established alien races as playable characters. And I don't think that actually has ever been done any on before, right? It is not. Right. I know. I know playing other aliens is kind of been different, not making more races. No, even playing other. Oh, aliens, really? Yeah. There have never been rules for creating uh, chromatic PCs or kinetics. Oh, okay. Things. So this is going to be new. Wow, that, yeah, so, so are we really kind of into new ground on, on these areas? Also, that's a really cool name. Under Alien Skies? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It took a few, it took a few runs, but we got it. Yeah, that's a cool name. Yeah, how do you say alien without making alien the first word? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> yeah. how the, the poetry comes into it is just like, okay, we need something that doesn't start with A. Right. Yeah. And that's that, that design. I mean, how many times people are going, that thing's really brilliant. It's like, thanks, because... We couldn't do the thing we wanted to do. Right, yeah. because 
<laughs> because of copyright restraints. <laughs> right. And it turns out, yeah, the thing we end up with is sometimes usually better, but it's yeah. still like going, I can't do anything you want to do. Yeah. Way back in 2002, 2003-ish, I think, uh, back when uh, Sword and Sorcery Studios was doing Scarred Lands and also doing uh, Gamma World with D20 Modern Rules. Right. Uh, we started working on the planner book, and we were going to call it, I think, uh, Beyond the Horizon. Ooh. And then uh, Gamma World announced one of their books called Beyond the Horizon. <laughs> so uh, Joe Carricker quickly turns to the team and says, all right, everyone start brainstorming ideas because we need something that isn't Beyond the Horizon. <laughs> and what we ended up with was Edge of Infinity. Okay. And I think that was my suggestion. It sounds like a better idea anyway. Yeah. And that's just, you know, again, this is the nature of especially when you're putting lots of books out. Um, that's the source of, I think I may have referenced this, this joke in the podcast, but um, I have tried and failed to put a moratorium on the words blood and dark. <laughs> <laughs> blood gods of the blood. Blood, blood gods of blood, 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 blood gods. gods. Right, that, that's kind of yeah. the big one. Um, because I got really irritated for about three months when we had Dark Eras 1 and Dark Ages in development simultaneously. I kept confusing the titles. <laughs> blood and smoke, blood sorcery, blood sacrifice. Right. Spilled blood. Spilled blood. <laughs> yes, and you have pointed out to me it's kind of hard to do vampire books without mentioning blood. Look, <laughs> look, it's really important to talk about blood in vampire books. Right. Dark yeah. blood of the blood blood. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Blood, 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 dark blood, yeah. I did a logo for, for that. Y- yes, you did. You, you Blood <laughs> of the blood, blood, Ian, blood. For those who don't know, Ian Watson's a shit poster. <laughs> And, <laughs> and a graphic designer, so he just <laughs> makes shit posts constantly. And, and so he took Cult of Blood Gods and made it Bloody Blood Blood Blood. <laughs> I, I might have. <laughs> but he also made the, duck, the DuckTales logo and said Eddie's Pugmire, so you know yeah, that works out. Exactly. <laughs> it all works out. It all works out. Um, so is there anything else uh, about Trinity that you guys want to talk about that we haven't covered? Or? Um, man. I don't know. I don't we know. covered a lot. We covered a lot. Okay, well then, you know, just keep an eye out. Things, um, uh, you know, uh, Trinity, again, it seems to be doing really well. I mean, not only uh, we had Aeon actually, now we hit really high on the drive through sales mark, actually went down and started climbing back up. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Um, we've had a lot of really strong critical acclaim for the Trinity core book, which is fantastic. Um, so, you know, I mean, Trinity definitely is, is a going concern, something that we're very proud of as yeah, a team. Absolutely. Um, and we're really excited now that the core books are finally out after eight long years. Sixteen long years. <laughs> Even better, yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, but we're, the, we're... These can learn how to drive, and they're out, and I'm thrilled. <laughs> and probably we'll have even more books to add to your collection in the meantime. Yes, because yeah. we, like, in the course of a month, we spat out, like, Three supplements, and we've got another one that just came out this week. Right, so we're sitting on them waiting for yeah. more books to get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you haven't picked up In Media Res, um, oh, yeah. it's pretty banging. Yeah, I, I really enjoy this. And yeah. I like how uh, there was a Twitter thread going around a while ago about someone wanting to do like a, a new um, Indiana Jones film, but starring Short Round and having him sort of do a reverse Indiana Jones where he's like taking all these artifacts and returning them to their, their proper owners. <laughs> and I said, well, actually. <laughs> because that is the first scenario in here. Yes, yeah, it, is. it is. It is. Artifacts incorporated, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah and, and the media res is a great kind of way of here's three or four different things you can do just with the core book. It's a really great example of, yeah. of the diversity of that book mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of, of diversity of play. Right. Um, so, uh, uh, Daniel, if you want to talk to you about Trinity or the Fun Show online. Um, I am nominally on Twitter. <laughs> you check it like once every three months? I check it like once every three months. Is that your user account? Nominally? <laughs> I'm nominally. <laughs> that would be, I, I'm making a new Twitter that I never look at. Um, uh, it's actually Impernius, um, which, good luck finding me. <laughs> I'm not going to spell it for you. Um, <laughs> And then my, <clears throat> I have a Facebook, an author page, Danielle uh, Lozon, author, uh, mm. pretty easy to find. And then uh, that's it. Don't don't look for me. <laughs> <laughs> and again, uh, I can be found. Uh, I well, I run the Onyx Path account, so uh, just about any of the Onyx Path accounts, you're usually talking to me. If you'd like to talk to me specifically. Uh, 
stuff that doesn't pertain to OnxPath. Like, don't don't contact my private account because you're you're having trouble on the forums or something. <laughs> uh, I can be found at on Twitter at v o n a e t h e r, and I have a Facebook fan page at ianaawatson.creative. And I think that's the major ones. Okay. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk about this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And we're on to the outro. And we're back. Are we? Um, Did we ever leave? We, we actually just waited for a second and then we were back. Ruining the magic. Ruining the magic. I was trying to make it like an existential, like weird thing, but then oh, you were just oh, like oh. literal. Sandbag that shit. <laughs> How, how, how dare I take the words you say and assume that they're actually true? I, I, I said it in a tone, I thought. Like, <laughs> did we ever leave? Oh, uh, okay, now I hear it. Now I hear it. To be fair, the ooh would have helped. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they come from, Matthew? No, uh, it doesn't matter. They came from the passive aggression wavelength. <laughs> Although some version of they came from beyond the wavelength could be kind of cool. I do like weird ghost radios. It would be like a short story. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be like a like a oh, full man. game, I don't think. Oh, that could be nice, couldn't it? With they came from beyond the grave, a, a short an anthology where every single story is a different they came from. That would from. be really cool. So yeah, you say yeah, they came from beyond uh they came from across radio frequency 105.3 or something yeah. like that and you'd have uh they came from the ghost ship and all that bullshit but i like the hey, radio hey, hey, one hey, hey. as the person who proposed ghost ship as something and they came from beyond the grave <laughs> i feel like Did we should you? talk yes it's one of the monsters i proposed if anyone needed an extra monster as well as the did anyone take it i, I don't know yet but the point is there you go the point is happen. It might still happen. You never know. Um, wow. It, wow. So and also, I mean, like, you know, um, actually, you know, I think uh, uh, after this, um, maybe some talking about uh, They Came From Beneath the Sea, the next episode might, might be cool because we talked a lot of Pascal Blues about They Came From Beyond the Grave, but They Came From Beneath the Sea should be uh, Backer Kit should be opening soon, I think. Is that right? Or Backer Kit's about to wrap up? No, well, no. Ba- backer Kit should be wrapping okay. up. Uh, and the PDF should be in Backer's hands. Uh, yeah, it's a book that is, at least in PDF form, all but done. Can you, can so, you hold a PDF in your hands? Yes. You can if you've got well, a tablet. Yeah, the, you're holding the tablet. You're not holding the PDF. The tablet is displaying the PDF. Well, that, that depends on how far your mind is prepared to stretch, Dixie. Very little. I'm very boring. <laughs> Will the suspension of your disbelief? Nah. <laughs> I feel like my literalness has corrupted her now. <laughs> yeah. No, we're going to be ending this episode on a sour note. Well, let's let, let's not do that. Instead, let's talk about um, before we wrap up, uh, cults of the blood gods. Um, by the time this airs, it will have wrapped up. Cults, 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 bloody yes. cults, bloody cults. Um, but it went extremely well. I thought. <laughs> Yeah, as of this recording, it's at like just at one hundred and forty thousand, which is awesome. Which is amazing. Uh, so, place bets now, the three of us. How much more is it going to get by the time it wraps up? So, in around twenty-four hours, uh, if it's one hundred and forty now, Dixie, where do you think it will end? Uh, one forty-five. And Eddie, honestly, I think it hit one fifty. Okay, I'm going to go for one hundred and forty-five thousand and one dollar. Again with the price is right nonsense. Oh my god! I've been following it on uh, Kick Track, and one of the coolest things to see is that if you look at the day by day breakdown, it's mm-hmm. been consistently above Chicago every single day. Like it's yeah. not just like a one day thing. It's been like it's done really, really well every day, um, which is awesome. And the, the, the average pledge is actually down from Chicago. We've just got way more backers, which is great. Like, because I'm assuming people are backing for PDFs more than they're backing for their the full book, which I understand because shipping is a whole thing. But, like, right. it it's it's only had two days, I think, where it's done under $1,000. And both those yeah. days were, like, 900-some. So It's pretty rare for a Kickstarter to just so consistently receive 
pledges and uh you know even when we do core books there's usually a week or so where there's a bit of a lull where things uh slow down a little into the hundreds per day if that but yeah cults of the blood gods has been consistently impressive so thank you everyone who has backed and promoted and otherwise supported this kickstarter thank you to all the writers the artists the editors and uh to all the fans at home uh this one has been fun Absolutely. Um, And we'll be announcing our next Kickstarter soon, Um, getting pieces in place, obviously, for the next one. We try not to wait until the last one's officially done done before we talk about the next one. Um, But uh, one of the things we did talk about the summit is our slate of Kickstarters. And so we're looking at, you know, maybe nine to 10. We'll see how it goes. Um, So we have a lot of stuff planned for 2020. Um, And uh, uh, I think with that, um, uh, uh, Dixie, if people want to talk to you about maybe what's coming up in 2020, where will they find you online? They can find me at DixieCochran.com or Dixie Cyanide on all social media. Matthew? They can find me at MatthewDawkins.com. And what's more, next week, if you're at Contingency, it's a UK convention, they can find me there, running games, playing games, talking about games, 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 games. Games, 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 games. Um, and you can find me at uh, pugsteady.com and from there you can find all my uh, social media outlets um, you can also find us all uh, at uh, theonyxpath.com uh, you can find us in the comments on the blog uh, you can, we chat on Twitter uh, we do have an Onyx Path Discord an Onyx Path Twitch channel so just look for the Onyx Path and odds are you'll find a way to interact with, with us as a company or the three of us in particular uh, and as always many worlds one pathcast cast.